you hear the word metabolism a lot. You hear it talked about in terms of weight loss, some people feeling like theirs is slow and they cannot lose weight. Well, today we're going to talk about metabolism, what it is and what you can do to increase yours. And we're going to be answering a listener question that has to do with metabolism and her struggle with weight loss over the years. So stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello and welcome back or welcome for the first time. Today's podcast is gonna address metabolism. What is this mysterious word we all hear about? And then I wanna specifically address a listener question, someone who's struggling with the weight loss effort and feeling a bit hopeless, which I remember this feeling very, very well. And I can visit that from time to time even now. Keep in mind, if you have questions for me, I want to hear them. I wanna know what you need. So you can always go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, scroll down and look for the section marked, ask your questions here. Pretty self-explanatory. You can either fill out the form or you can actually record your own voice asking the question and I can play that back on a future podcast. So let's get to the listener question. She says, loved, loved, loved this information and so much truth. I identified on every level. My thoughts and questions come with age-related issues and weight gain, menopause, little to non-existing estrogen and progesterone, also medicines affecting metabolism. My body for some time has not regulated well the energy I've consumed regardless of exercise or routine. I've hopped on every bandwagon and have found little to no lasting success. It's a hamster wheel and my legs have given out and I'm just tumbling around inside. Menopause is no joke, LOL. Any advice on this topic? Well, yes. And let me just say, I absolutely understand and relate to this question and this woman. I felt for years like my body was not responding the way that I had heard it was supposed to. And so I automatically assumed that something was functionally wrong with me, with the way that my physical body worked. I now understand that that wasn't necessarily true. However, if you are having metabolic abnormalities or you're in a disease state, yes, your body can function differently. But that's not what I'm going to address here today because I think there's plenty here in this question to be able to give the listener some help. So thank you so much, first of all, for your very kind words and for submitting your question. And I'm so glad that you are loving the information here. Now, with that said, of course, you all understand this is a podcast. This situation really needs some individualized care. You know, obviously on a podcast, I can't give comprehensive help and comprehensive care, especially with no information on current health, health history, lab reports, what medications are being taken, uh, currently, you know, what is the daily diet, what is the relationship with food, lifestyle, etc., etc. So this information will, of course, be more generalized and address the very clearly stated issues here. Incidentally, of course, if you're in need of individualized care, feel free to go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, click on that free consultation tab at the top, and let's chat and discuss what your needs might be and how I could help you going forward. 
Okay, so let's break apart this listener's question. I see four distinct parts to the question. One, menopause and its effect on weight gain. And two, age-related weight gain. Now, if you go back to the previous podcast, which is titled Menopause and Age-Related Weight Gain, I actually addressed these there. So I did that knowing that I would be addressing the full question this week. It was too much material to cover in one podcast, so I broke it apart. So go to the podcast from last week and you can listen to everything that I had to say about menopause and its relationship with weight gain and age-related weight gain as well, okay? So the third part of this question I see is medications that affect metabolism. And then the fourth part is metabolism being slow. I'm going to address the metabolism part of the question first because metabolism is a term that's kind of just bandied about. And I don't know um, if there's a full understanding of what it is and what it's capable of and what it's not. So let's just define metabolism right up front. Metabolism means the combined chemical reactions that are occurring all throughout your body all the time. These reactions are, they're building up and breaking down substances. These reactions are how your food is converted to energy. And then this energy is used throughout your whole body all the time. So this is metabolism, just the overall set of reactions that are occurring to turn that food into energy that's keeping you alive. And most of the energy used in your body is just that. It's used just on those basic functions that are keeping you alive. Now, there's also a small bit of energy used to digest and absorb your food. And then how much physical activity you have each day has a big impact on how much energy you're using and how much uh, metabolic activity is going on. Now, that doesn't include just workouts. That includes things like fidgeting, you know, walking, whether you're sitting and, and laying on the couch watching TV for hours versus being up and moving around and doing housework and gardening. And so any amount of physical activity throughout your day does affect the metabolic rate. Now, women do have a lower metabolism than men. And that's okay. That's how God made us. And also metabolism, it's not one stable thing. Your metabolic rate, your metabolism, it's always fluctuating. It's based on what's happening and what you're doing and what's going on in your body and the conditions of your body. Now, even genetics, they don't set a locked-in metabolism level or rate, but they do affect it. Our genetics do affect our individual metabolism. Now, there are a few things that can affect our metabolism. As I mentioned, one is physical activity. Anything from fidgeting through workouts, any amount of physical activity affects our metabolic rate. There are other things though that play a role in metabolism. One is actually dieting and weight loss. When we lose a significant amount of weight, especially quickly, the metabolism decreases, it lowers, it slows. And also aging can cause a slowing of the metabolic rate or the metabolism. And we talked a lot about aging and that result on, again, that last podcast. Also our muscle mass, again, discussed in our last podcast, but muscle mass is a huge influencer of our metabolism. With more muscle mass and more muscle tissue comes a higher metabolism because our muscles use a lot more energy. So there's a lot more of those chemical reactions going on. Also, um, whether or not we're in a fasted, meaning not having eaten, or a fed state, that affects our metabolism. 
remember I said that some metabolism is used just in eating and digesting and absorbing our food. So if we're in a fasted state, meaning we haven't eaten for a long period of time, that's not occurring. There are other chemical reactions occurring at that point though that are releasing that energy from other sources in our body. So just whether or not we're eating or not eating, haven't eaten for a while, we're overeating, whatnot, those all affect metabolism. Hormones can play a role in affecting our metabolism. Stress, physical or emotional stress can actually increase metabolism, as can a fever when we're sick with the flu. That can actually increase our metabolism quite a bit. Also, surgery or injury or cancer, these are known to greatly increase metabolism. And lastly, what I want to mention is that your thyroid function can affect your metabolism greatly. So a low thyroid function or hypothyroidism will decrease your metabolic rate. And these symptoms can be very similar to menopause. So if you're feeling like you're having symptoms of menopause or you feel like you're getting excess weight gain that you can't explain otherwise, always get a checkup. Always go see your physician because it may be your thyroid function and there is help that your doctor can give you. So I wanted to make sure to mention thyroid in this discussion of metabolism because they are very closely related. Hey friends, so if you really are interested in revving up your metabolism, then don't miss the free resource called Rev Up Your Metabolism. It's available only in the January 2022 newsletter. So go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and sign up for the monthly newsletter so you'll not miss this or any other future resource. Get on that email list so you can get this Rev Up Your Metabolism resource link in the show notes. All right, now I'm going to go back and address that part of the question about medications. She has a fear that medications may be slowing her metabolism. Now, there are medications that can affect metabolism. For instance, if you're on antidepressants, there are some of the antidepressant classes that can have a minor effect on your metabolism. Not a huge effect, but nevertheless, a minor effect is something. Now, steroid drugs, some HIV drugs, insulin and other diabetes medications, and beta blockers, those can also have some effect on metabolism sometimes, whereas certain antipsychotic drugs can have a very large impact on metabolism. Also, anticonvulsants, they can have either a very small effect or a very large effect on metabolism, depending on the class. Lithium, which is often taken for bipolar disease, can also affect metabolism. So you always have the option to speak with your physician and ask if there is an alternative drug or therapy. Do not ever stop taking a prescribed medication on your own without your doctor's help, though. Don't just you know determine that this is causing you to have a slow metabolism and therefore weight gain and then go off of it. There can be some really, really dangerous side effects, especially on some of these drugs I've mentioned. So never, never do that on your own. You have the freedom to ask your doctor about it and to ask if there's an alternate therapy or an alternate drug. And they're used to doing that. They're happy to help. Okay. Now, about medication though, if you and your doctor have recognized that the medication benefits outweigh risks and there really are no alternatives for those specific classes of drugs that you need to take according to your physician, what I would recommend in that case is to try to focus instead 
on, first of all, being grateful that God even gave the wisdom for that drug to be created. Because remember, there was a time period where people living with your condition did not have that option. You know, try to meditate on the fact that also God, he is your God. He knows you. He knows what's going on in your life and in your body. He is a sovereign God. He knows what he's doing in your life and he's doing it for your good and his glory. Keep listening to these podcasts to learn a new way of looking at your body and what you can expect of it, and maybe why it is so important for you to have um, a lower weight or why it's such a detrimental thing for you to be gaining a little weight. See if you can work out those heart issues too, and those thought issues. And also, don't assume that your medications do equal weight gain. That's not a certainty. I think and I've experienced myself that many times we can look for some external reason why maybe our bodies don't respond that way that we think they should or even an internal non-functioning problem in our bodies that cause us to maybe gain weight when we don't understand um, what we're doing, quote, wrong or whatnot. Some of that is just maybe you don't have the correct information, which I don't blame you for since you're getting uh, an abundance of strange <laughs> nutrition information from every direction. But on top of all of that, I want to say that there's a fifth part of this question. It's a foundational issue which is kind of threaded throughout this whole talk that we're having here. And I believe it's one key to the problem that this listener's having. So let me go back and quote this part of the question. She said, my body for some time has not regulated well the energy I've consumed, regardless of exercise or routine. I've hopped on every bandwagon and have found little to no lasting success. It's a hamster wheel and my legs have given out and I'm just tumbling around inside. So already we can hear that the listener is feeling a little bit hopeless about ever conquering this problem. But I want to say that this quote that I just read to you, it's very indicative of a long-term disordered relationship with food. And I'm not judging here. I know it. I've lived it for many, many years. It's really very common in so many of us who've jumped on every bandwagon, tried every fad diet to lose weight, only to gain it back again and then often more. Now this time, you know, every time you do it and you quote unquote fail, well, now you're despairing more. You know, something's wrong with my body. Something is not working the way it's supposed to be because why did I gain this weight back? I give up. I can't do it anymore. It's almost like a, a despair and a hopelessness. And that's what I'm reading in this question here. Changes in our body, they do occur with these high and lows of our weights, these weight fluctuations seen with yo-yo dieting. And I'm assuming that we're talking about yo-yo dieting here based on what is meant by every bandwagon. So if that's a faulty assumption, I apologize, but I think that's what I'm reading here, or maybe I'm reading into it because that's my history. But also these weight fluctuations can cause their own repercussions. And that's one of the things that we want to deal with. We want to prevent them and then try and heal them after they've occurred here. Also, many weight loss diets are insufficient in nutrients, which over the years, just that lack of nutrients alone or just that strange pattern of eating this and restricting from this, that can increase issues such as osteoporosis and that can affect metabolism. Remember, I had said one of the things that affect metabolism is losing weight and having a lower body weight and dieting. 
It used to be observed, keep this in mind, that as people aged, their metabolic needs decreased because as you've heard from the last podcast, and I just mentioned quickly here, muscle mass decreases. Well, when their metabolic rate would decrease according to this loss of muscle, they naturally would eat less. But what we're seeing nowadays actually is increasing weight as we're aging. And that seems to indicate maybe eating by not so much hunger and fullness, but by some external rules, emotional eating, stress eating, some sort of external food cues versus internal food cues. Hey sisters, I have some good news. I wanna get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another. So I will see you there. All right, so let's put this all together. What can our listener do? What can you do if you find you're having these same questions? Well, first, you want to regain a healthy relationship with natural eating. Okay, you want to stop trying, please stop trying all the new fad diets or restricted food rules because you're feeling desperate. And that is the cycle. We try a crash diet or a new fad diet and it is effective for a very short period of time, but we can't live like that. It's not a natural way of eating and we're depriving ourselves and we're kind of abusing our hunger and fullness cues. So over time, We can't remain on that kind of eating pattern and we gain weight back. We've probably lowered our metabolism and the rate at which we are burning that energy. And so we end up gaining more weight than we started with, which comes with its own health risks, by the way. So then we get discouraged, we despair, we feel desperate, and we go on the next fad diet, which does that all over again. So we have to stop trying all these new fad diets, these crash diets, If we're going to have a healthy body and a healthy relationship with eating and food, it has to be more natural than that. It has to be something that can fit into a lifestyle and stay that way going forward through the years and through the decades. Now, when we're learning to listen to our internal cues of hunger and fullness, it's almost like a relearning, I believe for this listener, for me, maybe for you who listen to this podcast. So um, you can always download that free ebook, Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating, which will help with relearning that body-led eating. You can go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com there and look for the little blue box at the bottom. Or if you sign up for the newsletter, that will just come right with your first edition. Anyway. Now, also, of course, you want to nourish your body with what it needs. Um, you probably, well... I want to say you probably in the American diet are getting enough lean protein or enough protein, but if you're on restrictive diets over and over and over again, you may have restricted your protein intake or even just your overall calorie intake. So now your body is taking it out of your muscles. So we want to make sure that we have enough of the building blocks for your muscles to be what they're supposed to be and grow and be strong and keep that metabolism up. Also, you want to make sure that you're getting some iodine in your food. And the best and easiest way to do that 
is by adding just a little each day of iodized salt. Now, I know that it's a big deal right now to have sea salt and Himalayan pink salt and all of these other kinds of salt, but those typically are not iodized. The reason this is important is because iodine was actually added to the salt supply because Americans were not getting enough of it. And it was causing issues of thyroid function to such a degree where they legislated adding iodine into a substance that was used throughout America, and that is your salt. So you don't need a lot. Just a little each day is sufficient to supply your thyroid with the iodine it needs to function. Because remember, that low thyroid function is very, very highly associated with a low metabolic rate. So we want to keep your thyroid healthy and supply it with what it needs. And speaking from nutrition standpoint, iodine is a way to do that. And one of the easiest sources of iodine in your diet is from iodized salt. Again, just a little each day is sufficient. Now, again, you can always talk to your doctor and you should talk to your doctor about any medications that could be causing you to gain weight um, aside from your activities and your behaviors and your eating pattern. Okay, always talk to your doctor about those things. And again, never discontinue your own prescription medications without doing it safely with your doctor's help and advice, okay? Get some physical activity. All right, the bottom line is here, I know I'm, I promote physical activity all the time, but you truly cannot have health without physical activity. Some form of activity in your life is necessary. It's also necessary to boost that metabolism. There's always something that we can do. We can always find a way of incorporating more action, more activity, more movement in our days. And it really does add up. So when I'm saying get more physical activity, some people enjoy workouts. Um, I don't. I think I'm going to talk about that next week. Um, But you don't have to go on an all out sweat dripping. You barely can breathe. Um, I mean, if you want to do a lot of that workout where you're getting a good sweat going and your heart rate's pumping, then more power to you. But you don't always need to have these major workouts. You can break up your exercises or your even just your activity into small sessions. Say 10 minutes of moderate activity three times a day gives you the same benefits as 30 minutes straight of moderate activity. So that's really helpful, especially if you're busy, you're working all the time. Hey, do 10 minutes before work, 10 minutes at your lunch break, 10 minutes after, maybe add in a little more, get some weights a couple times a week. We talked about that last week a lot, and I'll just leave that there. Um, also, the way to incorporate physical activity into your life so that it will stick is to try and make it an enjoyable part of your day. That was the biggest challenge for me, um, but look for something that's fun for you. Make it social. Uh, check out what environment it's in. Do it while watching a girl movie or listening to a good sermon or True Food, Freedom, and Faith podcast. Try that. Um, also, again, some of what uh, this listener was talking about clearly has to do with aging because she was talking about her menopause. So keep in mind, as we talked about a lot last week, we need to accept our body size and the changes, whether we're talking about we're young and we're trying to get our metabolism boosted up or we're older and we're losing a little bit of muscle mass and therefore our metabolic rate is lowered. 
you know, changes in metabolism are normal. They're natural. They fluctuate and they can decline over time somewhat. But we can make changes and we have some say in making healthy lifestyle choices that will improve our condition. Also, again, staying away from fad diets for quick weight loss. They can deplete you more and they can have and usually do have a backlash of weight gain or we wouldn't be in this condition again, correct? So although I don't know this person's health history in detail, I don't have lab reports in front of me. There's a lot going on here. Um, I don't want you listener or any of you out there just to assume something's wrong with your body or something's wrong with your metabolism. Something's wrong that you can't control. Oftentimes it can be a result of a continual weight cycling, continually dieting, losing weight, slowly gaining it back, having more than you started with, just a life cycle of that um, over the years. Like that is my history. So I know, and over time, I just started thinking something was wrong with my body, something that's inherently wrong with me, I don't work correctly. When really now I see that that wasn't the case at all. I just had faulty, faulty information and I needed to stop, stop with the crash diets and the fad diets and all of the restricted food rules. I needed to be free. I think we all need to be free, had that food freedom in Christ. I am here for you, ladies. I am here for you to help you through this. There is a freedom to be found. There is an acceptance of your body to be found while still improving health. I'm not saying that it's wrong to want to lose some weight or it's wrong to want to be healthier in your body. No way. Let's go for it. But we can't get there until we fix the issues that have brought us to where we are right now. Okay, so... As with most people, again, this situation is one that requires really individualized care to work out the individual problems and personal needs. So if you are in this situation and you want some individualized care, of course, I am here for you. Visit CherylSharko.com, click on the free consultation tab, schedule an online chat with me. I'm not pushy. I won't intimidate you, I promise. I just want you to know that I'm here to help you. There are options Uh, Together, we can determine what is the best action to help you on your way to true food freedom. Also, don't forget to ask your questions. Go to that truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and ask, and you can have your own special podcast in the future. Okay, so until next time, let's remember 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. See you soon.